Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Steve Agee. I'm sitting here in my apartment listening to fucking construction. Um, don't worry, this is only temporary. Uh, our newest episode was not recorded here in my apartment, so it sounds a lot better than this. God, that's so fucking annoying. Um, this is just my intro. Uh, the new episode uh, of... Uh, Features my very good friend, Liam Lynch, who you may know as the creator of the MTV show Syphil and Ollie, which is mainly what we talk about in this episode. And, uh, but also you may know him as the director of Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. He directed uh, an episode of the Sarah Silverman program, which is, uh, how I got to know him. I already knew him, but I got to know him a little bit better during that period. And he's also the person who uh, recorded and sang United States of Whatever. Uh, he's uh, he's pretty much um, a renaissance man. I'm very jealous. Uh, but anyway, um, this is the second time I've had Liam on my podcast. Uh, eventually, we'll put the old episode with Liam on as one of the flashback episodes, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Liam, uh, we, I think we talked mostly in that first episode about Liam's cat. Liam's one of a very small amount of people who own a cloned animal. He cloned his cat. Burp. <laughs> uh, and that's the absolute truth. Um, Jesus Christ, the noise around here is making me insane. So let's just cut right to the episode. Everybody, thank you for listening. And now I present Steve Agia with Liam Lynch. And we are roll skis. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Steve Agia with an old friend of the show i mean like a previous he's not old he's younger than me i'm kind of old how old are you i am 40 no two no yeah are you fucking kidding me no i thought you were in your 30s no i'm 42 you're a year younger than me yeah oh, i thought you were way younger than me bro no bro <laughs> why because i'm shorter than you yeah <laughs> I think everyone shorter than me is younger than me. That includes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I still kind of have that a little bit of like people that are taller than me are older than me. I still kind of have that. But no, I'm, 40, I'm 42. Oh, when's your birthday? September 5th. Oh, so you just had a birthday. I just had a birthday. I just um, turned 40 
42. Or maybe I'm 41. No, I'm 40. I'm 40. I can't remember. I'm 41 or 42. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm 43, and I had to think about it for a second. Um, yeah, I'll turn fucking 44. Yeah, there's February. a point where you just don't want to know. You know, no birthday has ever been weird to me. I've always felt young, and I've never really felt my age, and I never cared. Uh, the only birthday that's ever been weird in my life was turning 40. Yeah. It was like, it was really weird. Yeah. No, it was weird for me, too. Now now they all seem... Now it doesn't seem, matter, because yeah. it's all downhill it's from all, here. We're middle-aged. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. We're middle-aged. <laughs> You're middle-aged. Uh, my guess is Liam Lynch. <laughs> um, and I always, feel, I always feel weird introduce like saying, oh, uh, for you, it's Liam Lynch is my guess when if they click the link to download and listen to this, they already fucking know that. Yeah, because the name is on the file. Yeah. True. So uh, uh, my guest today is the guy who is on the name of the file. It's Liam. <laughs> this is going well. Um, but Liam's been on my podcast once before. I started the, the past two weeks. I've been running old episodes. Oh, cool. Because uh, I was working on something and I couldn't interview anybody. Um, I wanted to rerun the one of you, but mm -hmm. I knew I was going to record with you like yeah, so this week. So I was like, I, you know, I can't do that, even though there's so much. I will eventually put that up. And, you know, anyone who hasn't heard it should listen to it because we talk a lot about Liam's cloned cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did, didn't we? That's right. Um, and now those of you who haven't heard that are going to be going, what? He has a fucking clone cat and now they're not going to talk about it. I know. But we have other shit. To and talk you about. were on my podcast several times. Yeah. On Your video podcast. Yeah. yeah video Liam's podcast. got a great video podcast called Lynchland, um, which I wish that I could do as a job. I wish I could somehow work it so that I made enough money just to pay my bills and yeah. just, you know, and, but I have to do jobs to pay my bills and then that eats Doesn't up all my time. Suck? Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> How do we but, fix that? Because I want to do the same You know, thing. I have to work and then I don't have the free time to make lynch lands and, you know, the last, you know, I think I only did like one or two last year. So I started trying yeah. to put out just little music videos that I would have time. I'd have time to make one little video, but not a full episode. Yeah, so I was yeah. kind of went to YouTube for that, you know. Um, but my YouTube channel is... Uh, YouTube.com slash Hey Liam, H E Y L I A M. And there's Lynchland episodes up there, including yeah. ones with you. Yeah, I'm in a few of those few motherfuckers. Of and they're video, which is awesome because there's still not a lot of video podcasts. It's so think. surprising to me. I mean, there's obviously way more. When I started doing them, there were hardly any. And at my first sort of vehicle for them was iTunes mm -hmm. and the size was really small and I was in like the top 25 podcasts all the time because there, there were only 24 yeah you know video <laughs> podcasts coming in at number 25 in the top 24 Lynchland. <laughs> but yeah so and, and I think I don't know when I started doing them maybe 2000 and Four or two thousand and five? No, maybe, yeah, maybe two two thousand. And they're great because a they're video, but they're also you know the the video podcasts that are out there are really just like 
interview interview stuff. Yours yeah. are like fucking short films, basically. Kind of music and they're like I, I was trying to think of what I would categorize them as, and yeah. the best I could come up with was fantasy variety show <laughs> because it's like it's like yeah. complete fantasy yeah. like there's no reality so, to it yeah. and every episode is totally random yeah and you know one one episode's all on other planets and on a space station the next one is you know in the distant future one's mm -hmm. in dungeons and dragons world and they kind of it's pretty random what you're gonna get but I started a new one. I've started working you did? on a new one. Yeah. I'm surprised you've had time to do that. Because um, I think, the, I, well, the main reason we're doing this is because of Syphil and Ollie, which yeah. is back. Hey. <laughs> hey. It's back. <laughs> um, for those of you old enough to remember, I know a lot of you know the podcast audience is a, a younger generation but mm -hmm. um, Liam had a show in the 90s on MTV called Syphil and Ollie yeah sock puppet people yeah it was sort of a surreal again variety show and it's really weird that I know you now because my girlfriend and I used to watch that shit religiously oh, that's funny. <clears throat> um, but yeah so now uh, tell us why you brought it back though well, a couple of reasons. One, I mean, I've I've owned the characters. They reverted back like three years after we went off the air. I could do whatever I wanted with them. But I just never, it just never felt like time uh, to do anything, which sounds stupid, but it's true. It just never felt right. And, um, and I think as I got more into YouTube and my YouTube channel um, as a sort of a platform and, and I started taking it more seriously and now that it's like built into televisions and it's built into you know xbox and it's yeah youtube is um becoming a viable channel yeah across between a channel and a library and um i i like how i ran i like how everything is mixed into the same pot like yeah. a 10 year old kid's video in his basement is is yeah. in the same channel yeah. that the new trailer for Batman. Yeah. And I, I like that. Yeah, and, um, amazing. And uh, so kind of the more I got into YouTube and realized how viable it was and that more people are probably starting to watch it on their TVs, yeah. it made me sad of how um, shitty looking all the things of that were Syphil and Ollie that are up there. People have uploaded all the episodes basically in yeah. pieces. A lot of the, when a lot of those were uploaded, it was in the early days of YouTube. So they're all, well, first of all, they're 10 year old VHS tapes getting compressed yeah. again that have been watched. The shit yeah. have been watched out of them. And, and they uploaded them at like the smallest size and the audio is shitty. And, and it's, yeah. and also the, <laughs> No, it's just so it looks so bad that I, I kind of wanted it to look good and I knew that I had to just make some and I just kind of I was like you know what I, I really was on the fence and I wanted to make some and then I love the show Survivor Man yeah. and Les Stroud who hasn't made episodes in years he did a new Survivor Man episode 10 days he did he did four did four really? episodes but two different locations he did 10 days survival I was like you know what 
if if he if Survivor Man if Listral did some new episodes, I should probably just do some for new the episodes. web. No, no, for television, oh, not, like did. Discovery Science or something. But it was kind of that thing, like yeah, I kind of do want to do that again you also and did a Les Stroud uh, I did and you were in it version of your pot or yeah yeah Lynchland yeah that's right and you were in it you played my lawn boy it's pretty amazing Liam gets locked out of his house so he's surviving outside of his house it's really fucking funny um but uh so you know I just felt like making I have everything I need to make them I have a the editing in the uh, recording studio and yeah. you know it's it's and it also doesn't take a, a, a ton of work and effort to 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 do the setup and to edit and everything so um, but I didn't want to do it for TV yeah and so I, I kind of went out and um, you know looking at YouTube the largest network on YouTube is machinima, machinima. And, um, so I went to them first, um, and, and just, you know, told them the idea and they liked it and we did the episodes, but, um, I'm moving Sifl and Ollie to the Nerdist channel. Oh, the popular Nerdist network of Yes. So, um, so, uh, there, he'll do a sort of a big official, I think, announcement and everything. And I haven't made them yet or anything, but, um, but yeah, so I think that, um, I think that the audience will be more um, will be it'll be a, a more correct type of audience for Sifl and Ollie than on Machinima, which was a, a yeah. really they what they really want are you know just videos of headshots in Call of Duty. Yeah, and um, and I and you know Machinima is it is, still going to be video game based? I, I don't uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't have to. That's I awesome. could do. Um, I could. I could widen it into even doing like some of the things that were on the original show. Yeah. Um, I'm writing them right now. So, but it's. Uh, I think that the audience will be more attuned to Sifflin and Ollie, and also to just like. People should watch the new ones that you've put out already because they look. Technology has changed so I know, much. So drastically. So fucking sharp and amazing. Like the stuff you're able to do now compared to what was on an actual network, you know, yeah, it's 15 way better. years ago. It's way it's better. Incredibly better. Yeah. And it, just seeing it in HD because none of those were shot in HD. Yeah. And um, so there there wasn't HD, you know. And um, the, when I made those in 19... 19- 97 and 1998 and yeah and um so it's it's uh it's so fun to make them again i'm having a really good time making them and kind of bringing them back i wanted to kind of bring them back for the people like you know and that's why i want it to be on youtube and um so yeah so now they'll be on Nerdist and I just think I just feel better about it I think it's a better yeah. place but I needed Machinima has been nothing but cool and they of were course, super yeah. cool to do that and um, <clears throat> and so it's not like oh you know I hate them it's just like yeah. um, it's just I think they want to be it's a better fit uh, they want to be a network and they want to broaden their audience but I think it's really difficult for them to do because they've established this big audience of one type of um person that yeah. wants just video game stuff yeah. and um so i don't know i think they they want to have more types of things but but the, it doesn't work for them as much so did you uh did you still have 
the actual puppets or did you yeah. remake them? You no, no, it's, them. it's the original. Those Sephora are the originals. Yes, yeah, so those are the only ones. Fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, all the puppets are the original puppets. You know, You've just had them in a box. Uh huh. <laughs> I've had them all this time. So that's amazing. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna make some more of those, and I might make some other things for the Nerdist channel too. Um, that. I, I might do some other things with them. And what was your uh, uh, partner's name? Who Matt Croco? Yeah, does he live in LA? Uh, he doesn't uh, currently live in LA, and he works in um, reality shows and TV yeah. shows. He's like works as like a producer, line producer, and stuff on yeah. reality shows. So he is always traveling uh, around and 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 doing these different shows and he'll be on a show for several months and live in a city and then he moves and he goes so like when i did these eight episodes a new episode went up today actually oh, nice. um whenever he whenever i did those eight episodes i wrote all scripted them out and flew him here for one day and we recorded the all of the episodes and then that night he got on a you know, a plane at nighttime and, and flew back. And he had it like, I think he flew all night and then had to go straight uh, from the airport to work or something. Uh, so, you know, it might be that way when we, we do these, but we've known I, each other since we were 10. So it's not, you know, it's amazing. That brings up another thing. I think that's amazing. There's also a behind the scenes video that, you yeah, I made a yeah. If you go to, um, you can go to machinima dot com and look for things that say happy hour because it's part of their happy hour network. Yeah. Um, but uh, or just do Sifflinali game review search. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll find you'll find them on YouTube. But at the end of the videos, there's a embedded links that you can click on in the video and it'll say like click here to see the last episode or click here yeah. to see the next episode and in the middle there's a thing that says behind the scenes and so at the end of any of these videos you can see the behind the scenes so it's, it's amazing because i didn't know this till a few years ago but a lot of people still probably wouldn't even think that uh you like you just said you record the audio first yeah we do it like a radio show and then I puppet to yeah, and the you're playback. doing both the puppets. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. You know what? It's it's um, not because I wanted um, to learn that useless talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's because when I started Sifflinali, I lived in England, and I um, took recordings of Matt and I talking, just recordings we had made, and. I re-edited them so that they made sense, made made less sense, and there there were big gaps in like yeah. reactions and things, so that there's a lot of silence. Yeah. And I made videos. I made I borrowed a video camera and I puppeted both of us, and I had to do it because I was alone in my apartment in in Liverpool. So I I would uh, I did it just because I had to. And I had no video editing software. I didn't have a computer. There wasn't, yeah. like, computer video. This is in 1994. Right. And um, so I didn't have computer or any... There wasn't, like, oh, yeah. just <laughs> download it into your computer and edit it. Um, I couldn't do, like, a split screen or anything. Yeah. So it was, like, one take Magoo uh, onto recording onto VHS tapes. Where are those, rec where are those tapes? Do oh, those I still, still have them. You do? Yeah, and I, I oh, made um, 10 shorts, and then I sent them to MTV Europe. 
and they licensed all 10. No shit. And then they said, make more. We want you to make more. And, and I said, I don't have any equipment. I'm borrowing a camera from somebody. So they rented equipment for me and they said, make some more. So I think I made 20 more and they licensed those. And I ended up making... And those like, weren't Syphil and Ollie yet. They were Syphil and Ollie oh, were shows. Syphil and with Ollie. the exact same, except they were one or two <clears throat> minutes long. And they used them as interstitials between videos and just randomly throughout the day. So That's amazing. I, they, and they were on... Syphil and Ollie were on MTV Europe and... Africa and Australia for years before they were ever on in America. <laughs> I didn't know there was an MTV yeah. Africa. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um so they uh they kept licensing them. I made about 110 shorts. Jesus. And um some of that audio, some of my favorite ones when for Siphonal season 1 when it got picked up for MTV America as a half hour show there are some skits where I took the audio from those shorts and I reshot it. Um, and they're extremely, there's extremely nothing going on. It's so yeah. you're, you're sitting there watching puppets think, you know, and like, it just, it was very (laughs) weird. So, but I took that, those hundred shorts and I sent a tape of those to MTV America and it took me a, a year of calling them nonstop and until I got to do a pilot and um, really I think the only reason I got to do a pilot was because of South Park and South Park when it first came out was um, it was cardboard you know it was yeah, cardboard cutouts, cutouts yeah. and it looked really lo-fi and the freaky thing about it at first was people were like oh my god it looks so lo-fi and it looks so like homemade and it was at that point and um I think that that gave the network and Brian Graydon, who had just come from Comedy Central and had been a played a role in making um, South Park happen. happen. He just m- had gone to MTV, and I think he kind of had that. I think he was open to. I think it opened his eyes and made him realize. I mean, he's he's obviously a really smart guy. If he saw South Park before anybody and realized how good it was yeah. and that it should be out there and that people would like it. Um, but he kind of had that feather in his cap from doing that. And uh, I think it, he realized that, you know, people react to, it doesn't matter the budget or the look or the style. What people connect to is a- an attitude. Yeah. And and I think that's also true to say now for YouTube is that a, you know, a, a dumb kid lip syncing to something, if he has a lot of attitude and is funny, he's going to get 65 million views. Yeah. And because people are going to react to his attitude. And he might have 50 million views than yeah. the new, you know, video from HBO. Yeah. It doesn't matter the level. Right. It's, you know, people will like what they want to like. They just connect with it. Yeah, 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 if you connect with it. So, I think it, I think that um, Siphonoli was about an attitude and and how little something can be and still be considered a show. So, you already had basically a form of Siphonoli playing on MTV Europe and Mm -hmm. Africa, and then you still had to, like, badger MTV America to do it? Yeah, because... You think they would already be aware? Oh no, not at all. And and they also think um, 
there was a lot of sibling rivalry between the companies. So MTV Europe wasn't about wasn't really going to help me do anything with MTV America and MTV America. I would say the general attitude was sort of stuck up assholes of like uh, they don't know yeah maybe in England but they don't know it we start MTV started here yeah. we are MTV mm-hmm. they're just some yeah. offshoot that show weird videos in other languages yeah so um, they weren't open they uh, they don't want what each other have necessarily right. not like now the, the internet this is pre-internet really so now Everybody's aware of everybody's everything because of the internet. It's all yeah. on the internet, really. And um, <clears throat> so the I would send the tapes, and then it would go on someone's desk, and I'd make calls and make calls. And every week there was a different person working there because it's MTV, and nobody knew what they were doing. Everybody, it's like everybody there is constantly new at their job. And they leave before they get yeah. good at it. There's very few people, at least back then, that really knew what the hell they were doing and right. had been there long enough to actually work. It was. Yeah. It's one of those places where everybody hands it to someone else to do. Yeah. And when that starts happening, it will eventually get handed to the guy that doesn't know what to do with it and sets it down on a desk and kind of slowly walks away. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's hard to get somebody to watch something period so and the other thing is I'd have to call and I had like a 10 hour time difference or something so I pestered them and eventually somebody watched it and eventually it got in the right hands I I it's so amazing though that you even like you had like so many people do weird dumb stuff like that with puppets or just around their house but that you just had the I, I don't know the the drive to like and how did you even know where to send it at MTV I literally um, I think when I said I I called on the phone I called information and got the number of MTV Europe and that because I didn't have a computer and made, there wasn't what made you even because th- I just I'm looked at it and, I, was, and I just instantly I mean, I just instantly <laughs> knew what it was, yeah. and, and it and you know it's it's stupid. It's a stupid sock puppet show, but <laughs> what it was is kind of a spirit that I think all of Adult Swim is built on. Yeah, I think it's it's that. I think it's a precursor to that. What Adult Swim has does um, because this was before Adult Swim ever the channel didn't exist. Yeah. Um, but it was that kind of early stage of that. And um, in fact, we had a character on Siphonoli called Robot Chicken. Yeah. That was a robot chicken. That's right. Um, but it's it's <laughs> kind amazing. of a... I don't know. I just I just got it. Like, as soon as I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, this, you, this is like you could do anything with this. And it's right. so dumb and it's cheap to make. <clears throat> and if something's cheap to make... And keeps people watching. Usually, a, net, a network all, wants it. <laughs> every network is all about That's cheap. Exactly right. That's one of the first things they ask when you're pitching a show: is Is it cheap to is make? It cheap to make. Yeah, and it's true. And so I just I don't know. It might have also just been maybe I was just dumb enough to try and smart enough to have something to yeah. try with. You know, you're like but, in your early twenties, you're like, yeah. Eh. So I was just like, I just went for it. 
is you know and it was so really you just fun called mtv and said hey, i what's called your mtv address? and i talked to the lady at the front desk the receptionist who, the receptionist i was like hi i'm i'd like to, i have a video i need to send you guys um i just needed a, an address or something and she's like oh okay it's blah 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 and so then i mailed my tapes to mtv um europe yeah. and um did you follow up or did they just and somehow somebody ended up seeing it it took a time i kept calling and pestering and then um you know from there i was able to be like do you guys have any contact or an address for mtv america and then i got that info because there weren't cell phones i didn't have a yeah. cell phone i didn't have i didn't have um anything so it was pretty interesting way of doing things. I think things. that that would be harder to do these days, like to just send Absolutely. something to MTV. And well, have in it. some ways, it'd be easier because you could just put a link, post it online, and send, email somebody and say, "Hey, here's the link to my newest video." But I think it would be harder to get somebody to. Actually I had to watch like. It. I didn't have a car, so I'd have to like. I'd have to walk to the grocery store and buy VHS tapes and then walk a mile Jesus. back and then like film on it and be really careful because I only had these two tapes and then like walk to the post office you know You're like, like the Daniel Johnston yeah, of, uh, it was it was just so <laughs> of sock puppetry but you know what it was it was awesome I mean the whole time I was the, the whole time I was having fun that's why I did it really if it was a pain in the ass or um, so you couldn't even edit in camera it was literally just you would start recording yeah and then at my school fuck um, they had a tape two tape machines like two VCRs and they had a little mixer board between the two of them and that's and that's really why I started because I saw that in a room and nobody used it there were, and um I was like, wow, I'd love to learn how to use that stuff. So I started going up and playing with this little mixing board and learning how to do like wipes. And there was like all like you do it with your hand, like it has gear shifters yeah, on it, yeah. you know? And, uh, <clears throat> and that was kind of like, I want to make something that made me want to make something. Yeah. And then that's when I made Sephora. So I would edit them there. I could edit, but it was really, um, super raw and about as minimal as anything could be in editing like what we would see now on like public access it was so below that yeah. it was like the the beginner's cheapo little mini mixing board yeah you know but it, but that's the basic <laughs> idea yeah that's fucking in this school you talk about was the, those paul mccartney's uh yeah liverpool institute of performing arts is that still going yeah still, still going, going yeah strong? absolutely yeah and you were in the first, first class i was in the first graduating class the first year so when i got there um the there were no students like you know there were no previous classes no to, like, and what was really weird is that idiots. when you're in the first year of a school <laughs> Your first year, it's like there were, you know, 40 musicians um, and in the music course. And um, then the second year, there's suddenly 80. And then yeah. the third year, there's, you know, it's like it, it's, it was weird like, that each year the school Scrolling. got more crowded because. Do you know how many people go there now? I don't. I don't know. Um, but I know that the school has expanded a lot. We were all just in one building. Right. And. um that was, you know, different floors for different things. And, and how um, many teachers did they have? I really don't know. Um, I mean, it was a good step. They, they also taught dance. They taught um, uh, just sound engineering, oh, okay. music. Uh, they taught 
uh, business, music business. They taught uh, design and theater design and, and stuff. So it, it wasn't just, and I was in the music um, program, but it wasn't just. And you actually, you were one of the few people chosen to actually study with Paul McCartney. Yeah. So it was really an honor and really cool. That's fucking amazing. That's so, I also find it weird, your connection with the Beatles, like... Yeah, different I members too. of the Beatles and totally separate of one another. Completely separate. Yeah, it's totally. Weird. And I just did a video. I just did a music video a couple weeks ago for Danny Harrison. Yeah, and, um, it's really good too. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh, it's called "Make It Home," and it's he really trippy. So amazingly, much like his father, he looks. Yeah, he has so his dad's like eyes a lot. It's really, it's really. And kind it's of a, the same voice too, a very yeah, a little bit. I think his voice is slightly higher than his dad's. Yeah, but but um, he does have a similar voice. And, yeah. Um, but Danny's uh, the videos. I'm really proud of the video, and it was really awesome making it because we've been friends for a long time, and we had never made a video together. How did you, how'd you meet Danny? <laughs> I actually met him at Ringo Starr's house. <laughs> I met him at Ringo's okay. birthday party. And how did you meet Ring? By the way, Ringo Starr is basically isn't he responsible for United States of whatever in America? Yeah, in America. Yeah, and he played drums on my album that on fake songs on a couple songs and stuff. So I he had a birthday party and I went to his birthday party, which by the way is kind of crazy because it was yeah. only a couple people, but it's like Jeff <clears throat> Lynn and Joe Walsh and you know, Weird. um, so he really wanted, you know, George was his best friend in life. Absolutely. His best friend. Yeah. And, um, I think he really wanted Danny and I to be friends and yeah. he had mentioned it to me that like, he he really wanted us he, the connection and um i don't think by any means that i'm uh i am talented enough to be in the likes of hanging out with beatles or that i i'm in any way ever on their level no one has ever been right but i think um what i think part of it is a spirit yeah and um i think that uh he likes he likes my spirit and i think it's a, a shared spirit which is that there are no rules yeah basically it's very simple <laughs> it's like that you can do whatever you want creatively there is no yeah. there are no rules the only rules are ones that you'll set up in your mind because you're imagining what people ha what rules that's, other people that, have those are like the the blockades and pitfalls that you set up the older you yeah. get when you're younger you don't yeah, the the it's, older you get, kids learn guitar easier when they're younger because they don't have mental blocks yeah. or, or other instruments or just painting wise. It's great to start kids out. Yeah, when they're young and they don't have. Well, when you're young, you don't you're not aware of rules and you're not thinking about rules. And I think that that's what they. I think you know, Paul said that the first the first time I ever met him was that nobody can tell you how to write a song because there's no rules way of doing it any you know and uh george martin who i had studio classes with george martin and he was exact same thing came out of his mouth that there's no way right or wrong way to be creative that's why yeah. you weren't you know little kids aren't reading an instruction booklet to finger paint you know and, and it's <laughs> i thought you were gonna say finger bang <laughs> 
I'm such a fucking dumb piece of shit. Uh, little kids don't have a rule book to learn how to finger bang. What? Like did literally, I my heart ever? started to race. I was like, "What the fuck?" Are you? Oh yeah, finger. Oh, bang. Oh, yeah. oh, that's my mind. That's fuck, horrible. I'm a fucking no, but sociopath. You know what I'm saying? There's no when you're a kid, it's a lot easier to have fun because you are willing to, and yeah. you're you you know. So it's it's um you're also like another thing I I was at a friend's house 2 days ago and he has two little kids and one of them just like who's like maybe like 7 or 8 just like climbed up this really high tree and I was like scared for the kid where is like cuz they they don't have an awareness of their mortality at a young rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I would have done the same thing when I was a kid, but now I'm like... Get down from there. Yeah, I wouldn't climb two feet up a tree. I'd be so terrified. Yeah. You know, it, it happens to you <laughs> when you get older, but, you know, I think creativity is the one place where you don't have to have that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that. And I think um, the world beats you down in a way and people's opinions. As soon as somebody gives you opinion, they might as well just hand you, a, put, lay a brick down in front of you and people keep giving opinions and they it's Building like the up, bricks uh, yeah. go up and so pretty soon you can't go that direction anymore so you turn and you start going a different direction. But um, the truth is fucking keep your brick you know what I mean? Like, it's true. It's like... Fucking keep your brick. No, it's true. It's like, <laughs> I don't care what somebody has to say about... Yeah. You know what? You go make your thing and make it the way you're talking about. This is my... This is mine. There's no rules. It's... And um, I think that spirit uh, was something that Ringo had and saw in me and, and he... Well, yeah. The, the way you know Ringo is because he heard your song. Yeah. And, and then he, he called you me. Out. Yeah, he found me and he called me, but he didn't know that I had just moved back to America um, and that I had lived in England and studied Liverpool. with Paul. Yeah. So he it was didn't totally random. Know that at all. He had no idea. So it was totally random. And, and that's um, a funny story. I don't know if we talked about this on. I should have listened to remember. my other podcast, but when he called you, you didn't. You thought someone was fucking with you, right? Yeah, I didn't know. I couldn't believe it. It's it was so random, but the, I knew his voice, and there's no way that it was an imposter. I mean, his voice is Ringo Starr's voice is uh, incredible. So yeah, um, he's just such a great dude too. He's like the dude you want to hang out with. Yeah, he's, you know, he, and he's kind of had. I think his life. He's had such low lows in his life that um, yeah, that he. Uh, he somehow has his head on his shoulders and um he's a really great I, I i he he seems like he's a really great judge of character everything's very simple and black or white and just like i don't know there's just no bullshit with him yeah. he's no bullshit and and funny and and he i don't know he's just a great he's just a great guy um but i think uh getting back to that thing with danny I, I, he wanted me to come over because he wanted me to meet Danny and knew Danny would be there. And I, I met Danny and I didn't know who he was. He didn't say anything. He came up, he's like, hey, are you Liam? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, hey, man, you know, and he was a fan of Syphil and Ollie. George Harrison and Danny used to watch Syphil and Ollie together. No And George shit. Harrison liked Syphil and Ollie. That's fucking And so, boy. and he used to say to Danny, like, you know, can you, he's like, he thought it was great that like TV could get to this. And that, like you know, so that, that it might that as it's... that it might as well be this, and um, so he and so Danny had these good 
uh, memories of watching Cephalion with his dad. And so he wanted, so when we met, it was all about like, oh my God, you made Cephalion, my dad and I used to love that. That's and then I didn't even know so who this guy was. Surreal. I didn't even know who he was, but then all of a sudden, I, while I'm talking to him, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, guy looks really familiar. And I realized, this is, this is, gotta be Danny Harrison yeah. and I realized but we just became really great friends and um, but we never worked together <clears throat> so when I did a video with him I really wanted it to be I really wanted to do something wild and, and cool like I would have always wanted to yeah, have done with him awesome. and um, the song is called Make It Home this very weird video. If you do a Google search or do a YouTube search for um, Make It Home, it's his band is called The New Number Two, and it's with no spaces, and it's The New and then N O, like as an abbreviation of the number, oh, yeah. and then the actual number two, not the word two. And um, so his band's called The New Number Two, and the video is called Make It Home. But what is the significance of the new number two? What, does that really name have any uh, meaning? Um, I don't really know. I, I think it's something between <clears throat> he and his friend uh, Ollie, who started the the um, started the band. But the video for me, the, it's a very strange video, but it actually has a lot of meaning for me with um, something that actually happened to Danny when he went to. Um, take care of things where with his dad his dad's burial where his dad's um buried or i don't know if his buried there or ashes or what but right. um he he had to overlook it he had to go, go oversee some stuff with it and um in the song it's called make it home and and it says you know please let me know if your bones made it home last night and and um and then he sings like stay where you are cuz I'll see you eventually. Yeah. And it just really made me seem like it or it seemed like to me somebody either like giving someone a lift home from heaven or from the afterlife or yeah. going to pick them up or or just stay there and I'll see you eventually. It, it yeah. was um it's it was sort of spiritual and when he went to to go See his dad. He had to go on this long journey to um, somewhere in India, and um, he kind of had to, you know, go. And the whole time he's going, he's in mentally and probably emotionally, he knows that he's traveling towards his father's death yeah. in a way, yeah. and or just he's traveling towards a, a reminder of a huge loss. Yeah. And during the course of this, he almost died himself and um oh, shit. so it really it was like in approaching death he had to brush with it and um from sickness or was from it? a sickness that he got over there and um so and he called me from india and after he had gotten better to tell me what had happened and he I think he was in like a hospital or in a place where he they had nurses and stuff um, yeah. and it, it just was it was uh, I don't know it, it's one of those things that's kind of uh, I don't is that spiritual I guess um, sure or metaphysical uh, it, it's really it, it was it was uh, there was meaning in it there was something kind of a deep meaning in it and and so I I then I had a dream um, 
randomly and George Harrison was in my dream and and then it all sort of came to me that like yeah this should be kind of about I didn't want to make it about his dad in particular or that story but I wanted it to be the video to be about somebody in my mind you leave your friend's funeral mm-hmm. and you're still in the clothes you're wearing at the funeral and you go to the afterlife and give them a ride back and like going and getting somebody oh, yeah, yeah. and so that's what the video is it's very weird and he's in like a, he's yeah. he's flying a sort of a zeppelin and there's these yeah. he breaks crashes through and it's in black and white when he's in the life and it's in color when he's in the afterlife yeah. that's such a good but he video. kind of it's it's kind of a it's kind of a melancholy song yeah it's kind of somber and pretty and um yeah check it out uh, it's uh it I was fun and we made it, it all I've here at my house out. made it all at my house um mm-hmm. just he and i and uh it was really it was how really long cool. did it take uh we probably shot it in four hours oh shit really yeah it's amazing i had it all planned out i had it all an animatic made for the whole thing so that he could see what scene he was in and because I just filmed him on a little green screen hanging in my garage, but it, it um, he didn't have, he, when he was imagining what scene he was in, he could see I, on a TV monitor, I had like, okay, see, now you're in the cockpit of the Zeppelin yeah, yeah. and there's a skeleton on your right and you're looking at him. So he did an excellent job of um, putting himself in <laughs> the scenes because it's 100% his, he has to imagine. Yeah. It, but he really sells it, I think. <clears throat> he he did a, such a great job. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so that was really that's really cool. And he says that to, he said that to me like you have the weirdest beetle karma for yeah for you it's know. fucking true. It's yeah, it's I've been really lucky. It's Where did really you grow weird. up again? Akron, Ohio, home of some, Devo. It's some kid from Ohio. It's I know like, how it's such a weird, completely ridiculous, weird connection with the Beatles. I mean, I love the Beatles, but it wasn't I wasn't seeking them out or anything like that. But how um, did you end up at that school? Um, I heard about it. I read an article um, in Rolling Stone magazine that Paul McCartney had bought his old school that he and George went to as boys. And it's connected to the art school. The one half of it is the art school that John Lennon and Stuart Sutcliffe went to. Right. And they were, I think they were going to tear it down or it was just empty or something. And he bought it to start a performing arts college and um, and kind of bring money and energy back into Liverpool which was really struggling as yeah. a city and um, I heard about that there was a I think an address and you could write so you called MTV and asked for the <laughs> yeah exactly hi remember, remember me no uh, so I there was an address and you could write to them if you wanted to get information and um, again, this is pre-computers and yeah. pre, pre-cell phones and pre-internet. Snail mail. Um, so I wrote to them and sent, got an information pack about um, how you audition. And there were a lot of steps in auditioning steps of like sending them stuff. And then you get an audition. If you pass the audition, then you get an interview. And if you pass the interview, then you get like, you know, it was like a lot of steps Jesus. of hurdles to get through. And, um, and I made it, I got through them all. And Did you have to send 
Yeah, I had songs. to send. I had to send. But, you know, I had <clears throat> just on my own, I had made a bunch of like albums and I was always really make constantly making stuff. So I had a lot of examples and I had newspaper articles from shows. Are I any of those songs available like on did you record no, them you no. just uh, uh you know maybe some of them were i mean i don't sell them anymore i yeah. don't know that they're online but they didn't anymore, make it but... onto any of like the albums that are on like itunes like oh no fake songs or anything no uh-uh. no it was all before that and um so you know i had to send all that stuff and do auditions and stuff like that and and but i was there was oh, i think there's only one other american and um he actually came in as a German student because he was a, an American living in Germany and he auditioned in Germany as speaking German and everything and none of his German friends knew that he was really American no shit and then he started speaking English and they had never heard him even speak English what and he they were like what are you what you are how you how do you speak such good English <laughs> or something you? and he's like I'm American and they're like what you know it's like <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and I guess he spoke... He must have spoke German without any really accent well. at all. Yeah. But, you know, there were Norwegian... I had some Norwegian friends um, that were came into that school. And the... Uh, I had a friend uh, from Norway that spoke... And when I met him, I thought he was an American student. Because he spoke... He had an American English teacher. A lot of them have... It, English teachers from England, so they're gonna they pronounce things obviously with Norwegian accents, but everything sounds slightly English, yeah, and English accent pronunciations of the words. But he had Gera, an American garage instead of yeah, garage. exactly. He he had an American teacher, and I I don't know if he spent time over here, but when I met him. He, he was like, dude, what's up? You know, I'm like what? I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, are you from the states? He's like, no, no, I'm from I'm from Norway. And you're like, you don't have any accent. Oh, really? Thanks, dude. You're, you're like, he had all, like, his slang was all correct and normal and like... It's fucking amazing to me how how well people in other countries can speak not only <laughs> English, but a lot of language. Well, you, you know, have French to when you're, when you're budding up, you know, in America, you're not... We don't have the people around us like uh, like when you're in a European country and yeah. everybody's rubbing shoulders. But imagine if if, if each state had their if own. If Arizona languages. had its own language and New Mexico had its own language, and you know, it's like it's it's kind of it's awesome you kind of, though, man. It, you can learn other languages and actually use them is the thing. Here you, you learn languages in school. Unless it's Spanish, Spanish. you're probably not going to use it unless you travel. But, yeah. um, you know, over there it's a part of business and I think an education and, and stuff. So it makes far more sense. But, yeah, also as far as Norway goes, they have, like, really awesome schools in Norway. The Nor Norwegians are so smart and, like, just very... Uh, well balanced with their education in like arts and things yeah, like yeah. that. They're really, it's really. Do you still good. keep in touch with? Uh, yeah, any yeah, of I those do. People? Uh huh. Really? Yeah, I do. Mostly, uh, most of my friends were Norwegian, and my girlfriend when I lived over there um, is from Norway, and she's actually a, a musician that has done a lot of things, and she's had a lot of songs on TV shows, and her name's Kate Havnevik. And, um, is she a solo artist? Yeah, she's a solo artist. But she also plays with, um, like, um, 
she sings back up with a lot of cool artists and stuff and then her solo songs have been on like gosh what um what is that show like some really cool HBO shows use her music and stuff like Dawson's that Dawson's Creek <laughs> No, but, but, uh, so, and she and I are still, are still good friends. And, and, um, and my friend Stein Johan Grieg Alvorsen, who, um, say it again. I Stein Johan in there. No, Halvorsen. Halvorsen. God, your ears are insane. You are I'm, sick. I've got a one track. My everything I hear is just from the gutter. Um, no, he, uh, there's a incredibly famous, classical composer Edward Grieg and if you take piano lessons ever you're gonna you're going to hear you're gonna do Grieg piano lessons even like uh, in Bugs Bunny when the sun rises and you hear that's Grieg and um and also I think I think that's Grieg as well they used a lot of like legit like composers for those you know Bugs oh yeah, well that's all that was around. Raymond Scott and uh... so um, Gre- Edward Grieg, and then there's another famous um, composer, Norwegian composer, um, Halvorsen, and he he actually was alive at the same time as Grieg, and he was excellent at writing music. Like you could play something, and he could write it like just dictating it as he heard it um he was amazing at that and so grieg had a really complicated complex piano concertos and things and and um he halverson would actually help grieg um notate them and and write it out because it was they were really challenging but he was just one of those people he had that thing his mind could just do it and my oh, friend Stein, so my friend Stein is a direct descendant of both of them. So he's he's Stein Johann Grieg Halvorsen. Oh, shit. So it's, it's like, you know, it's like having the name, having two famous. It's like being called John, like Jim. Bowie Van Halen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Jim McCartney Lennon or Lennon McCartney or something. It's like. Is he working in the music industry? Yeah, he actually, um, he and I used to make videos nonstop together. And um, he, firstly, he's nuts and in a good way. And yeah. he he also um, would write symphonies. He started writing orchestral music, you know, as a kid at like 12. He was writing things for symphonies and he has that brain. But he's um, really funny and, and and kind of in um, a Tim and Eric sort of style of humor. And when we left Liverpool, I came to to the states and I started doing Sifonali with Matt, who was my childhood friend. And he went to Norway and got his own TV show with his childhood friend Erland. No shit. And 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 Erland is awesome as well, and he um, would come to Liverpool and visit. So I knew him and was friends with him. And they got a show. Um, 
what's it called slow poring um but it's it's uh it's <laughs> it's uh, a really really funny show it's like really? it's tim and eric type of humor but you know years and years before tim and eric it had that their show online it's all online okay spell it out because i want to i think it's s-l-a-p-a-r-i-n-g Sloppering? I think it's sloppering. I think it's something like that, which I think is like get the ring or something on the ring or Paul. Um, but um, oh, it's the two of them, this. and it is complete madness. And they they do. I mean, so this is back in ninety. I think their show started when ours did, like in ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight, and it's exactly the same thing. Like he and Erlen put on like lip gloss and get really like put on way too much makeup. Exactly like Tim and Eric's sort of humor yeah. of like these gross characters, androgynous, yeah, androgynous sort of gross characters, yeah. and and also the awkwardness, you know, and um. <laughs> And they just do really super, super crazy um, videos. And so Stein and I started kind of making videos together. And and we would make music videos together. And we would make comedy videos together. And and, um, he went off and he's kind of, he still does it. You know, he's still doing stuff. So he, and now he's on, in Norway right now, he's on Dancing with the Stars. On the Norwegian Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) And his dad, last week, his dad, <laughs> his dad just turned 103. Fuck, dude. Yeah, his dad, I think his dad had him when he was like 75 years old. Oh, my God. And, um... 103. Yeah. And his dad is a famous Shakespearean actor in, like, the National Theater in Oslo. And his, um, his father... <laughs> There's a statue of his father in the theater because he's like one of the greats of yeah. like one of the greatest Shakespearean actors in Norway. Or whatever. Yeah. So he, um, so Stein is like his his brain is a mix of so many talents and uh, genetically he is yeah. <laughs> like just he's kind of off the he charts. He's bred to uh, yeah yeah he has he no and he's completely nuts. Which is awesome because he's he's kind of unpredictable. Um, fuck, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> My mind is blown. I didn't know any of this. I want to. I gotta check check this stuff out. I'll on send. YouTube. I can give you a link. I can send you give you a link, and you can put up the link. But he, there are hundreds of videos from him in Ireland. But the thing is, it's all in Norwegian. But it doesn't matter. You don't need to. You don't yeah. need to hear it. And sometimes they'll do they'll do things in English. They do fake music videos, fake bands, fake movie trailers. There's a lot of animated stuff. There's a lot of special <laughs> effects where you know, like someone will shoot lasers out of their eyes, or yeah. you know, that same type of like weird special effects being funny yeah you know so yeah he's stein is stein is awesome stein johan and he lived upstairs i got him the apartment above me so he lived above me and he he was you know my good friend and i still talk to him on facebook and stuff like that he's come to visit a couple times what was that like living in fucking liverpool it was kind of like a cross between pittsburgh in the 1980s and beirut Really? They, <laughs> no. Was it violent? <laughs> it's a very, really violent. Yeah, it's a pretty violent place, but not with guns. It's because guns are aren't 
easy to get like they are here Mm -hmm. um you can't go to walmart and buy a fucking (laughs) rifle um but like it's in scary like machetes like that you get mugged with a sledgehammer you get mugged with a machete what when i lived there when i lived there yeah they found a guy outside of my flat they found a guy and they didn't know they couldn't tell who it was because he was mugged with a sledgehammer and they literally flattened his head on the pavement with a sledgehammer with a sledgehammer it's like so medieval and completely effed up fucked yeah and then the other thing that they were doing is holy shit they were mugging people with um hypodermic needles that have nothing in it but air because if you get an air in your vein you die instantly if they put an air bubble if they inject air into your vein you die so somebody comes up you walk down the street and like a woman comes up and says excuse me do you have the time oh this is making my head hurt you say Uh, and says excuse me do you have the time and you turn and say yeah i have the time and her boyfriend grabs you by the neck and puts a hypodermic needle up to your neck and and they take every they take your wallet and they take everything and so it was rough hurts dude but also you know what so is detroit um, yeah. but it, it's well, I'm um, still not anywhere, going to Detroit. Yeah, no, but the <laughs> the reason is that um and this is back then, Liverpool has gotten so much better and it, it's really a yeah. different city than when I lived there. But they're um it's this poorest city in, in England. Yeah. Or it was. I don't know that it is now, but um and the I think the population was like eight hundred thousand or around that area and it had dropped to like 400,000 and the only people that left were the people that had money to leave. Sure. So it was kind of like, you know, the analogy that I heard Liverpudlians make is that it's, it's like being in a, Liverpudlians? Is that what they are? Yeah, Liverpudlians. Or Scousers. Not Liverpoolians? No, I would think Pudlians. Liverpudlians. Or what's the other one? You Liver- or Liverpoolians. Scallions? Is that- <laughs> Scallions. Scousers. Scousers. That's like, you know, like if you're really from Liverpool. But um, they uh, they would d- describe it as a bucket of crabs, uh, which is none of the crabs get out of the bucket they just keep climbing up over top of each other and the ones under them climb up over them and they're just everybody's using each other as a foothold and pushing each other down and everybody's keeping each other down that happens in any poor place though that's not just that town sure but um (sighs) so yeah so um yeah it was a really rough a really rough place and um and also everything closes at like six o'clock and i didn't have a car and i didn't you know i didn't have it there weren't computers or the internet or netflix so you're kind of forced to stay in and yeah and 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 make stuff so i painted i started painting a lot and i would make siphon ollie and and um yeah i didn't have i mean when i moved there i didn't have i mean i didn't i didn't have a computer ever until i moved back to america right. um, in 99 yeah but um so i didn't have a computer or a tv or a stereo or anything you know when wow. i moved there and, and i was literally just in like a room with a chair and a book and you're just kind of like fuck dude you know so it was pretty it was good i was a really good thing it's good to be it's good to, yeah. to have that it's also good to it's also really good to suddenly have no friends and not know anybody. It's a good thing, I think. It, it, um, but yeah, I'm dealing you with get, that now. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> it, it's um, 
you know, when you set, when you reset yourself to back to zero, you're like, I don't know who I, what, what, who I am now. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody, any friends. I have to make friends. I don't have anything right. on my side or a, a thing. It's humbling and it makes you um, appreciate when you get a friend, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it really does. <laughs> it's good for, it's good for your yeah. soul to, um, I think it's just good for you to be the, having situations like that where things aren't easy and where, where, um, There's you have to start no, over. No distractions. And that's true. Yeah. There, there weren't distractions. I went, you know, I went out to Joshua tree a couple of days ago and, uh, cause I wanted to write. I didn't get any writing done. You Very didn't? little. It, I, were there people there? Because you were hanging out with people? Well, I wanted to go out and write. And so I text messaged uh, uh, Dave Catching. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, hey, what's going on out there this weekend? I'm thinking of coming out to Joshua Tree. And he just texted me back. He's like, dude, get out of here right now. We're having a party tonight. It's Hutch's birthday. Hutch is our friend who does sound for like so Queens awesome. of the Stone Age and Jack White. And yeah. He's like a legendary sound guy. And uh, he's like, it's it's Hutch's birthday. You got to oh, get yeah. out of here. And like, I didn't even think. I just gr- piled a <laughs> bunch like, of shit in you a bag. Ran. I was in my car in like 10 minutes <laughs> driving out to Joshua. Also because it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and I knew if I waited even, you know, half an hour, the traffic would be worse. So I just went out there and, um, you know, just fucking fucked off with these guys for like two days. Yeah. Well, that isn't writing. No, you weren't going to write anything. You weren't going to write anything except ouch on the bathroom floor in barf. (laughs) (laughs) No, it, it, uh, you know, it was really fun though. Cause you know, Dave, lives and runs Rancho de la Luna which is a you know kind of a, a legendary recording mm-hmm. studio and um, and Dave's such a nice guy he's one of the best guys I, I haven't seen him in a while yeah. sadly but I used to see him so much more often and um, he's just such a awesome dude like he's just recorded a great a, dude he's recorded a solo he's recorded his own album which he played some of it for me it's fucking ridiculous you know he's well, got I'm sure like Leela from Duke Spirit singing on it and like all those guys playing you know Troy from Queens of the Stone Age and mm-hmm. Joey and uh, and it was just really fun to hang out and we uh, you know we went in the, the back room and just fucking played music for like hours that's so cool and I got there you know and started playing with them and they had been playing for like two days like and they were recording all of it like Chris Goss was in there and they were just like jamming and recording it and I was like they have as well as Josh that exact same spirit I was talking about earlier of um you just do whatever yeah but and um it's so easy yeah but people think that it's brave or fearless and fear isn't even an issue it's or nothing to do with fear. why would you ever be afraid of having fun and making something and and yeah. they have that's why josh you know those that's all a family with with yeah. dave and all those guys and eagles of death metal and and um yeah queens of the stone age and um it's that same spirit of like yeah. let's just do it until we feel like we're done whatever that means and whatever it is i love that yeah i got there and like i walked in like as i was parking my car i could hear music coming from the house which is always awesome so and, like, cool i walked in and i you know i peeked in the back room and it was you know 
Brian, you know, the bass player mm-hmm. from Eagles of Death Metal and Chris, you know, playing and uh, Gene Troutman playing drums and like fucking really like heavy Sabbath sounding shit. And I, yeah, it's just so cool. And I was like, how long have they been doing this all day? And Dave was like, they've been doing this for two days straight. See, that's what and that is when you are just rocking yeah and you don't need anybody around you because that's because you want to seriously fucking rock (laughs) and that is what it's about i mean that is it's it's just so great i mean chris had called was calling the back room the healing chamber of rock because it is he'd had like really bad back problems where he's been like immobile for months that and it's been keeping him from working and he's like I feel better than I have in months just sitting in this room. Chris Goss? Chris Goss. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's the healing chamber of rock. It is. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. But that's that's the coolest, man. I mean, I've been around this guy. I've been with Josh in the studio. Um, He's worked on, I think, like maybe five albums, five or six albums. Yeah. And um, a few of them I... Three of them or more I, I actually documented and I was mm-hmm. there for a lot like all of it. Yeah. Um but just seeing that um so makes me so, so willing so willing that, it's just a, a willingness to make something and a love of making something, but also just not worrying if y- your feet can still touch the bottom of the swimming pool yeah. <laughs> like like let being okay just to just water. to tread out into deeper water and just to keep swimming and then it's like people egging each other on to swim out farther of like what kind of music can we make i don't yeah. know let's and and it, what i love about it is that adventure uh the spirit of adventure in that of it's like exploring you know it's why their music is so good it is why it's so good they're uninhibited they're completely uninhibited and they don't um stop where they think where they think people want them to be or what was you know successful for them or what like they do what is really happening in them and they sort through kind of all the layers of that the easy stuff that's on the outside and mm-hmm. I, I they don't even consider themselves i think really starting to get until they get to the root of what they're yeah what they're really doing and it's great too like when you if you hang out if you're ever hanging out and i don't know people how many people are gonna get to hang out with but like um like alan johannes um being in the studio with him and watching him play or seeing him do something you realize like well, firstly, like musically, it makes you realize how completely shallow you are <laughs> compared when you see something happen that's really deep. And it, Alan it has like Johannes a, is for anyone who doesn't know, which is makes me sad. Is like an amazing musician. He was in a band called Eleven, and um, he's played with Josh on so many projects. Was, yeah. On most, he toured uh, with them, Crooked Vultures. Yeah, he was the extra member that played. Anything that John Paul Jones or Josh wasn't playing, he was playing. He's he and he played with uh, Chris Cornell, I think. Yeah. And he plays with um, he's produced a lot of and bands. And he's got a fucking solo album that is so good, fucking incredible. He's just this really incredible. He's like a musician's musician, but he um should be just uh every he should be a household name for how talented he is and mm-hmm. and um and that aside, one of the most intelligent 
and big hearted yeah like nicest people you'll ever meet that when you if you meet him you would think in a million years like this is just some really nice guy that works at UPS or something like yeah. you would never know that he's the most talented brilliant like uh, amazing voice and yeah. incredible player and an and, and incredible engineer you know he and watching he and Josh work together in the studio has been probably one of the most wonderful things I've ever experienced seeing he, he their reminds creativity. me a lot of like a, a John Bryan he's yeah. very much a John Bryan he he's you can li he literally can play any instrument Josh said that he went over to John Bryan's once and John Bryan and, and Alan met and sat down and he said that it was like a crazy explosion of both of them can play literally any instrument yeah. even the <clears throat> rarest of instruments yeah. and not just um pick it up and find notes on it they know like the proper way like they'll pick up an ancient weird chinese yeah. fiddle and they know songs uh, from that, that would when be playing like John, weird stuff john's studio is like upstairs at largo the largo theater and if you go in there it's it, it looks like a mad scientist's you know, yeah. laboratory as, as opposed to a musical studio, you know? Yeah. Those, they're geniuses. They're apps. Those are, those are genius musicians. Those two guys should do an album together. It'd oh be sickening. The problem is they would never be done with it. Yeah. Because they just keep having ideas and keep like playing incredible stuff. Oh, you know, fuckers. Hey, how long have we gone? An hour and nine, ten minutes. Six, sixty-nine minutes, sixty-nine, dude. We should end it sixty-nine <laughs> yeah. minutes, bruh. All right, dude. Well, um, we can end it if you want to end it, but um, I could talk for forever. But yeah, yeah, I know that's a thing. Uh, just uh, check out. Here's some things to check out. Yeah, Sifflinoli. let's do the plug portion though. Okay. Uh, my Twitter is at Lynchland, so follow me, and I usually post things that are going up. Um, so at Lynchland, L-Y-N-C-H-L-A-N-D, uh, or at Real Siffle and Ollie, the word and, you know, no spaces, obviously. Real Siffle and Ollie, O-L-L-Y. Uh, that's the Siffle and Ollie Twitter. S-I-F-F-L. Yeah, S-I-F-L. Just one Oh, S-I-F-L. Yeah, S-I-F-L-A-N-D. O-L-L-Y. <laughs> so, real <laughs> Siffle and Dolly. Yeah. Um, so, that's, those are the, tw the Twitters. My YouTube is youtube.com slash Hey Liam, H-E-Y-L-I-A-M. And um, Siffle and Ollie are on the Machinima uh, network on YouTube. And you can go do a search for Machinima Happy Hour and, and you'll find um, episodes there, um, video game reviews. They're... I'm reviewing video games, or Sifl and Ollie are reviewing video games, but all of the video games are fictitious. Mm -hmm. And I, I do 3D animation, so I made... You see gameplay from all these fake games yeah, and stuff. So amazing. check those out, and um, be looking for stuff to start on Nerdist channel on YouTube. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that's about it. Gee, anything else, Liam? Fuck. No, I'm just super busy, you know. <laughs> and check out uh, his albums on uh, iTunes. They're really good. Yeah, I just did two albums as my sort of alter ego fake rock band called The Sweet Electric, yeah. which you'll see on my YouTube channel. And um, there's uh, Liam Lynch Presents 
the Sweet Electric Volume One, and Liam Lynch presents the Sweet Electric Volume Two, Two. and yes. they're on um, they're <laughs> they're on Amazon and iTunes and any sort of download sites. That's badass, man! And uh, it's definitely- oh, and I have a Siflinali store. That's the biggest <sighs> one. Jesus Christ, man! Zazzle, nope, nope, nope. Zazzle dot com slash Siflinali. All right, Zazzle.com yeah. slash Siflinali. Yeah, S I F L A N D O L L Y. Oh God! I All think right. we're good, man. Liam, thanks so much. I'm Dude, sure thanks. we'll do another one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anytime. Obviously, I talk more than any person on earth. So I, I love will it. Gab so, and gab. Sometimes I'll interview people and like they won't say anything. 15, 20 minutes into it, I'm like, oh, this is. I'm not going to make an hour. Well, and this is probably one of the rare cases where being a person that talks a lot is a good thing, but um. Maybe not so much. Uh, and I also stretch. want you to help me record a theme song. We've oh, yeah, we about have to do we'll, that. We'll yeah, do that, absolutely. Uh, at some point. That sounds cool. Uh, all right, yeah, everybody. Um, Liam, thanks. And thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.
up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.